With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan-Decker. Welcome in, everybody. This is Unleashed by BetMGM, the king of sports books. And wow, what a weekend of betting in the NFL. Oh, my gosh. We had Thursday night, Saturday night, all day Sunday, Monday night, even Tuesday night football. I mean, that was pretty crazy. Giannis, I think they heard your podcast. Yes. Last week, I told you we need to get more football, more Christmas. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you meant more COVID outbreaks on all these NFL teams. So we got delays and games, which gave us more days of NFL. So is that what you planned? That's what I planned. It's the silver lining. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to get some Trulies going tonight and watch some more gridiron pigskin, baby. You are such a contradiction and kind of a basic bitch. I'm a BB. I'm a BB. (laughs) Hats off to my Green Bay Packers on becoming the first team to clinch a playoff spot, winning the NFC North, I think for the third straight year. Aaron Rodgers promised us a last dance, and so far he has not disappointed. Now some people are saying he's back with the Packers. It's all up in the air. No one knows for sure. But I don't know, Giannis, wouldn't you stay if things were going this well? Oh, man, I don't think anything can stop the Packers right now. COVID, toes, Mm -hmm. double coverage on Devontae. I think the only thing that can stop the Packers is their own special teams unit. Yeah. That's it. I mean, 100%. (laughs) Yes. That that was... Really atrocious, especially in the Chicago game two weeks ago. They've they've got to get that ready for the playoffs. But one of the highlights for me for the weekend, and I know this sounds crazy as a Packer fan, and this is in my division, but the Detroit Lions, they got their second win of the season. We were patting them on the back last week, knocking off the Arizona Cardinals. Take it away, Coach Campbell. Hey man, welcome to Detroit. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, we did everything we said we needed to do to that team. We did everything. And I tell you what, defense, you took it personal. It's three and out, man. You guys are making them have to punt. We turned the ball over offensively, right? And then we defensively, a mighty 2 4, get a turnover. I tell you what, offensively, man, we came after them early, man. We said we're going to be aggressive. We took some shots, and we made them. I mean, is Dan Campbell making a late run at coach of the year or what? The phrase any given Sunday has never been more true than this season. Apparently we can see any team beat any other team lions over the Cardinals. Are you kidding? I mean, picture that in actual animal form though, that, that matchup would end up the same way this game did. Yeah. I think they're starting to play like lions. Look, sometimes some teams don't get it together till this point in the season. It looks like the lions are getting it together. Look little too little, too late. And uh, this is the point where you're going like, hey, do we keep winning or do we get a draft pick? You know what I'm talking about? I don't want to say anyone should lose on purpose, but I'm saying let's see what that with the second and third (laughs) string looks like, Detroit. You're going nowhere. Yeah. Two victories is enough. It's like, take it easy. Now, imagine playing for that team and you're like, all right, we got Arizona this weekend. Let's go. Like, I can't imagine getting up for that game when you're really just starting to make your vacation plans, right? You're like, okay, so week 18, 
our 17th game. Okay, honey, what do you think? Bora Bora, Hawaii, what you thinking? Like, that's what's going through some of their heads. You know it. But no, they are doing it, and they won their second game of the season. But there's a full slate of NFL this weekend. For Christmas weekend, we're going to talk with BetMGM's betting expert, Peter Andrew. He's our very own elf on a shelf. And he's also joining us next week. If you like Peter Andrew, you're going to get a much bigger dose of him next week for our year-end show. That's going to be a lot of fun. So that Christmas Day doubleheader, that's coming up at the end of the show. We're going to talk about it. Speaking of guys who had big wins over the weekend, we'll talk to former Brooklyn Net star Darren Williams. He was in the news this week for beating former NFL star Frank Gore in his boxing debut. It was his first fight. I don't know. Will he fight again? He made that one look so beautiful. He was pretty winded and beat up after the fight. And he immediately in his post-match interview, I don't know, what do you call that? He said, no way, I'm done, I'm done. But we got to ask him ourselves, right, Annie? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of prospective opponents up there. Jake Paul, Logan Paul. I mean, there's a lot of former athletes in other sports who he could fight now. Now that boxing has opened itself up to all athletes, all celebrities, I really can't wait to see like two politicians fight, uh, <laughs> basketball versus a football. Let's do a little hockey, take the gloves off. Me and you, let's go at it. Let's fight another podcast, two <laughs> on two. I mean, boxing is really the place now. Anyone can just go and get their aggression out and get a paycheck. I love it. Would you swing at a pregnant woman? Never, <laughs> never would I swing at a pregnant woman. No, no. But I would get myself another pregnant woman to fight you. I'd find one. Okay. <laughs> and then me and Sam sure. would go at it. And I already told you what happens to Sam. It's biting on the genitalia. Yes, you did tell me. I'm sure there's a weird fetish out there for two pregnant women boxing, but enough of that. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Harlan. Hi. Yeah, that's not Mrs. Decker. That's that's a Mrs. Harlan listening. No, she's not. Yes, okay, that was you know your daughter. That was not me who said that. I'm you rubbing off on you bad. <laughs> you really are. Yeah. Someone who tripped up even worse than I just did and regretting their decisions as much as I am right now is our man Manny. He's our winner, which is kind of a loser, for Bad Beat of the Week. Bad Beat of the Week. Let's take a look at what he did. It was a monster one-game parlay for Chiefs at Chargers. Everything hit. Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Chiefs score the first points. First quarter under, etc. All these minuscule things in the game hit except one. And the only thing that prevented that big payout was the Chiefs to have a halftime lead, which seems like an easy thing to ask for, but it didn't happen. So sorry, my man, Manny, but BetMGM is blessing you with a $100 site credit so you can try your luck again. I'm telling you guys, that's how you win big money. Put together these big balls parlay and you can just see, put $5 in and you win big. So Giannis, next time we go to Vegas, that's what you and I are doing. We're just building these bizarre parlays. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll do it together. Now, this part of the show, we usually unleash, right? But it's Christmas. You know, we got to change things up in the spirit of Christmas. So we're going to do a little naughty and nice list from the world of sports. So we need some jingle bells, Alex, if you can bring in some Christmas noise right here. Something that gets us very festive. Um, I would like to start first on the naughty list because naughty is a little more fun than nice, right? 
Absolutely. And uh, I have a feeling I know who you're going to bring up first. He's been a <laughs> naughty, naughty boy. Yes, he has. I think he's been the naughtiest boy of all. It's Urban Meyer. If he if he's the top of the naughty list, uh, I think he'd be proud of that. He was expecting roughly $50 million over five years. But now it looks like the only thing he might be getting is a big old bag of coal. <laughs> Just think about this. He had more embarrassing incidents than wins in his first season and probably his last season as a head coach in the NFL, including not flying back with his team after a loss, getting caught on video, doing a little bump and grind with a woman who was not his wife or anywhere near his age, calling out his coaches and even kicking his kicker. <laughs> you know, Jesus. I'm just glad he didn't punt his punter or nose tackle his <laughs> nose tackle. You get where I'm going with this, Giannis? Yeah, he really made it. a poor decision. And I think he's out of the NFL for good. He's a good looking man. And he was doing well at the TV gig on Fox. He should just go back to that. What was he doing messing around with the NFL? I don't know. I mean, that he kicked his kicker. I mean, look, I have a lot of animosity towards kickers, but you shouldn't yeah. kick them. You shouldn't kick them. The only people who should be kicking is the kickers kicking footballs. Coaches should not be trying to put the actual kicker through the uprights. So uh kid's been a little naughty and he's definitely not getting any presents from Santa. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Okay, here you got naughty list. Okay, let's keep going with our naughty list. I love this. Santa must love when he gets this list and he gets to decide who gets their new <laughs> PS5s. Let's go with Antonio Brown. Okay. Ooh, no straight naughty, no stranger to controversy. I mean, where do we start with good old AB? His ex-chef said he didn't pay a debt, which seems to be a pattern with Antonio Brown not paying people. But then the chef went public and outed AB for having a fake vax card. Whoa, which turned out to be true. It actually turned out to be true. He was walking around with like I think he was walking around with a CVS <laughs> receipt claiming that it was a <laughs> His fax card. So the NFL suspended him for three games. That hurts the team, obviously. I mean, a fake vax card? Come on, AB. What are you, the McGlovin of the NFL? Yeah. You're on our <laughs> naughty list, buddy. You're a naughty, naughty, naughty boy. And isn't it a felony? Isn't he facing like more serious charges? I think that depends on the state. I think in Florida, you actually get like a tax break if you have a fake vax card. Oh, okay. Yeah, Florida mm -hmm. and Texas, they mm -hmm. kind of just promote you. But okay, everywhere else, yeah. it could a parade be parade in your name, parade in your yeah. name, whatever. You go to Aaron Rodgers house, you you get a free dinner. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I've got a good one here that I think is going to jog people's memory because I kind of dug for this one. It's Bob Baffert. Do you remember the story from back over the summer? He was the legendary horse trainer. And he was suspended two years by Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Derby winner, Medina Spirits positive drug test, mm. who actually died a couple weeks ago. It's actually very sad. But we've got enough to worry about with people taking horse dewormers. We don't need horses taking steroids. There's enough of that in sports that involve actual humans. Bob Baffert, you are on the naughty list, sir. You bad boy. <laughs> Let me bring up another obvious Bad boy this year. He's been real naughty. <laughs> real, real naughty. Okay. okay. My buddy, John Gruden. You've been a bad boy, Johnny. You've been bad. bad. Boy. Okay. 
The uh, NFL reviewed 650,000 emails as part of their investigation into misconduct uh, by the Washington football team. And Johnny Gruden used the kind of language that I would say gets you on the naughty list. Okay, it also gets your mouth washed out with soap if you grew up in my household. So uh, you're fired. Not to not to borrow a line from our old uh, commander in chief, but you're fired. (laughs) The only thing more offensive than the Raiders offense this season turned out to be their former coaches emails. So there you go, Santa. You're not you're not making a stop at the Gruden household. Just absolutely brutal. I mean, that sums up our naughty list pretty good. Are you ready for the nice list? I'm ready for the nice list. I'm sick of talking about these bad boys. Yeah, maybe that's our new segment going into the new year. We have our naughty boys segment <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay, here's a nice boy, J.J. Watt. He's a Walter Payton Man of the Year winner. He continues to do right in the community. He did with Hurricane Harvey, remember, back in Houston or anything back home in Wisconsin. This year, he paid for the funeral services of those lost in that Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, that horrific run over by a car. It was horrible. Grandmothers and children. I mean, a horrible thing that happened in 2021. And J.J. Watt did right by that community. He is on the nice list. He paid for all the funeral services for that. So I I had to put J.J. Watt top of the nice list. He continues to do the right thing year after year. Year after year. J.J. Watt is one of Santa's favorite, and so is Yanis Atatekompo. <laughs> he is on one of the most epic journeys we've seen in NBA history. He's uh, NBA project to NBA champion. I remember when he came in as a scrawny, you know, 19-year-old, 18, 19-year-old coming to the Bucks organization. Then he sprouted up. He grew. He worked on his game. He's got the competitiveness. And he finally brought something good to Milwaukee, a title. Those people need it. They deserve it. And let's be honest, he became the second most famous Greek next to me. So congratulations for putting another Giannis on the map because I've already put our namesake on the map. And let's just remember, the Suns were up 2-0 in the NBA Finals. It looks like the Bucs were done. Same old story for Milwaukee. But the Greek freak, he would not be denied. And he ended up, I think it was a 40-point game. 50, I'm sorry, he got a 50-piece. He went to Chick-fil-A and he got a 50-piece. That's what I was going to say, the Chick-fil-A. It was amazing. And uh, he also went like 16 for 18 from the line which for him was completely out of character. He just played like a superhero. He truly was a Greek god. And so he's a nice boy. He's getting a lot of nice presents. He's a nice boy. Okay, I've got another one. Do you remember back Fox Sports and the MLB? They are on the nice list for the amazing Field of Dreams game broadcast. White Sox versus Yankees. Kevin Costner throwing out the first pitch. That gorgeous sunset over the cornfields in Iowa. It was right by the original movie set. It was postponed in 2020, so we finally got it in 2021. It lived up to the billing. I just was thinking that was one of the best moments in sports this year, and I think they had to make the nice list. Absolutely. I mean, that was really a combination of movie magic and baseball uh, really made everyone feel nostalgic. We all got a nice little look at Kevin Costner again. I mean, he's on a new show and everything, but he looks great. And I don't think he's had any work. He does look great. I guess he's had plenty of time to relax uh, in between uh, 
very few movie roles. So <laughs> the guy got a lot of sun and <laughs> he's been really relaxing. So that was a beautiful moment. And um, the Yankees lost that game, didn't they, though? That sucked. Yeah, but it was close. Do you remember? It was like a really good game, too. Yeah, it was a really good game. I mean, maybe that's what they should do is just play all the games in cornfields because it, it gave it a nice feel, you know? So that, it, did. it really did, it did give it a nice feel. That was beautiful. You know who else is on the nice list? Who? The Suns in four guy. Do you remember this guy? Give it up to this what? guy. Yeah. They're, sure, they didn't win the NBA Finals. Okay, they came close. They didn't win. But I don't think anybody had a bigger moment than this guy. Not only did he knock out two Nuggets fans, I don't know if you remember that, <laughs> who were messing with him, but he called Suns in four. He's like the yeah. Babe Ruth of calling his shot. Shout out to him and his right hand. It's pretty good. Yeah, but I don't think he deserves to be on our nice list. Our nice list is really prestigious and hard to make. And he, like you mentioned, he hurt two Nuggets fans. Well, here's the deal, Olivia. When I came on this show, the standard dropped for a lot of things. So I'm dropping the standard. <laughs> not only am I dropping the standard for the content on this show and the sports knowledge, oh. I'm also dropping the standard for who makes the nice list. And that was entertaining. And so he's on my nice list. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see who else may make our naughty or nice list. He's our next guest. Let's go ahead and bring in Darren Williams to uh, balance out our naughty and nice. Let's see what we get. Now let's bring in our guest. He's a three-time NBA All-Star and I believe the only person in history to have won two gold medals with the U.S. men's basketball team and also have an undefeated professional boxing record, 1-0. and Darren Williams, thanks for being here, D-Well. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. You look like an undefeated man. Do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a nice glow to you. Got a little couple marks, but yeah, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you, that shove, that Frank Gore shove, were you trying to get him out of the ring? Was it like a WWE move or... No, he was just grabbing and holding. And if you look, like I broke away from him and hit him because he was holding. And then he went to grab me again. And so it was just like a push, which happens a lot in boxing. If you watch boxing, usually they, you know, they bounce off the ropes, not go through them. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to sneak in a breather. I mean, he looked a little winded. I mean, you, yeah. your cardio looked really good. Yeah, I mean, I was tired, but I definitely had another round or two in me for sure. But yeah, I think he was a little more gassed than I was. <laughs> How did this fight come to be? What motivated you to even try this? Honestly, I, I got a call. I was walking through Target one day from Nikisa Badarian, who I knew from, from his UFC days. You know, I hadn't spoken to him in over, you know, six, seven years probably. And was walking through Target, got a call from him saying he was back in the fight game and wanted to know if... Uh, if I wanted to be an opponent for Frank Gore, Frank Gore was, has been training and is looking for an opponent. And so gave me kind of all the details. And I talked to, to my business partner at my gym for this MMA, Safe Saud, and told him what was going on. And I called him back later that night and said we were in. So it's kind of how it happened. See, I usually lose cell service in Target. So that's really good that you did it. <laughs> you said right after that you were one and done. You said you're never doing this again. Now mm -hmm. you're a little bit removed. Do you still feel that way? I'm so sore today. My whole yeah. body is sore. Oh. I don't know from the adrenaline or what, but yeah, I think my mind is still, still, still the same. You know, of course, like the competitiveness of me wants to do, you know, another one. But if I was younger, if I was, you know, three, four, five years younger, 
I probably would do another one, but, but at my age right now, it's just like, it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot to, mm-hmm. lot to train for us. I, I talked about in the, the post uh, fight press conference where I just, you know, <clears throat> my kids have a lot of stuff going on right now and I don't want to try to just dedicate myself to another sport again and, and miss time with them. So mm-hmm. as of right now, yeah, I'm officially retired from boxing. I like it. How long have you been an MMA fan? Because like you said, you're, you're financially involved in it. You train. How far back does your love for MMA go? All the way back to the beginning. You know, I've, I've always been a, a UFC fan since day one, since it came on. And when I was in Utah, I used to, I knew a lot of, uh, of the local fighters there, you know, guys like Josh Berkman, who was fighting for the UFC and, and the World Series of Fighting at the time, and Steven Seiler and a bunch of other guys, Sean O'Connell. And so um, I used to go to like the little promotions out there. And it was just something I've always enjoyed. I've always been drawn to MMA, I think, because of my wrestling background. And so I've just always had that love for it. Yeah, I guess you got to find something to do in Salt Lake City anyway, right? <laughs> not that It's not that bad. I mean, if you're looking to party every night, you know, you, Salt Lake's probably not the place you want to be, but it's a it's a really fun, fun city. <laughs> I just remember every time I've been to Salt Lake City, like the first time I went, all these girls would come up to me and start talking to me and being really nice. And I was like, wow, this must be a, a city where it's easy to pick up chicks. And all of them were just trying to get me into the Church of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> you know, they have a mission. They have a mission. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, how do you describe, like, going into the fight, walking into the ring versus walking into a playoff game or something like that? Because it's just you out there. I try to stay kind of even-keeled, like, the whole through this whole process and not get like two up or two down. And honestly, it kind of felt like the same thing. Wow. You know, I really wasn't nervous. My nervousness started like when I took the fight and, you know, five, six weeks ago when I wasn't mm. prepared, when I was out of shape, when I hadn't sparred over, you know, well over a year, I'm like, I don't know what, maybe, maybe this was a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. But as the fight got closer, I was ready to get in there. I was ready to, mm-hmm. Stop training, you know, stop sparring. I, I wanted just to fight. And so, you know, the walk was fun, but it, I feel like it just happened so quick. And it was like, it almost was like, I wasn't even there. It was like, I was just kind of floating. My coach was talking to me, you know, getting me ready, got in the ring. And it felt like it just, all of a sudden we were in the middle and it started. And it was, it was kind of surreal. How much would you love to drop down and wait uh, just one more fight and just beat the shit out of Jake Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, that kid is tough. Yeah. You know, you can say what you want to say. And and I know, you know, he's calling out Canelo and stuff like that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But, you know, you have to respect what he's done. I mean, he's he's knocked out every opponent he's faced. Every opponent he's faced, he wasn't supposed to win. And he, he can fight. I mean, the kid can box. He uh that being said, I feel like at some point he's gonna get humbled. They've picked the right opponents, number one, and they haven't found the one that's gonna humble him yet. I don't think that's going to be me, like I said, because of my age. He's been doing this for, you know, two, three years now, seriously. So he's got to jump on me and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he's good. You sound like such a typical former athlete who says, you know, at my age, at my age, you would think, listen to this, you're 67 years old. <laughs> like I, just- I, I feel 67 <laughs> right now, right in this moment. Right, <laughs> I feel 60. 
When I laugh right now, my back hurts. Oh. <laughs> well, and this is not the podcast to come on because Giannis will crack you up. No, it's funny when when an NFL player, NBA player is going into a game and the announcers will say, and how about this, folks? Here he is at 33 years old. Can you believe it? And you're like, what the hell? I'm 34 and still paying my you know college debts. What is it? <laughs> the average fans watching it like... What are they talking about? But how difficult was that at your age to get ready? Like dog years, right? Yeah. Basketball years, it's like that. Like, you know, you compare my body at 37 to somebody who's not a, who wasn't a professional athlete, who didn't, you know, put in 12 years and plus college, plus AAU and, and all that. I got a lot more miles than, than the typical yeah. person. Bone on bone and both knees and, Oof. you know, I sprained my ankle in the first round and I didn't even know it. Somebody what? told me I did, but after it swelled up and I was like, I don't even remember what happened, but, and it was tough. It was tough to get through the camp. You know, there was times where I was like, man, I don't know if I can make it. And I had a wrist injury throughout camp where I, two weeks out, I was like, man, like I, everything in me was like, I'm, I'm not pulling out. Like it's gotta be broken for me to pull out, but it was definitely causing some issues and sparring things. Jeez. You have a few daughters. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter now too. Should I take up a uh, boxing or MMA just to let guys know <laughs> what the deal is? Let them know. You let them know. So, you know, like my, my oldest, her boyfriend was over yesterday. You know, he was congratulating me and stuff, but he's thinking twice now. No matter what, even, yeah. even I mean, he already was before because I'm bigger than him, but, but now he's really thinking twice. Like, man, I can, you know, I got to be on straight and narrow. I can't, I can't mess up. <laughs> I would think just as a former NBA player, that'd be intimidating enough. But now you have like actual tape he can turn on and watch and be like, oh, that's a mean uppercut. Yeah. 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 I tell you, you got reach, man. You got a nice little reach, nice little one, two, nice little jab, nice little yeah. cross. Yeah. You better be careful. Better be careful. <laughs> OK, let's talk about this NBA season. I want to pick your brain a little bit on the Nets. And just everything that we're seeing across sports with COVID and obviously the Kyrie story has been huge, but what do you yeah. see with the Nets, especially now that they can and plan on mixing in Kyrie? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is a tough situation for everybody. You know, yep. Kyrie has his stance and I respect that. Yeah. Props to him for not wavering, for not folding, you know, for sticking to his guns. And I'm glad that he's going to be able to, you know, be incorporated back to the team, but also like, how does that work? You know? having somebody on there half the games. And I was thinking about, we were talking about it the other day when it, when it was announced, it's like the playoffs, that's the toughest thing. It's like mm-hmm. all right, so play half playoff games, you know, that's crazy. But I think if there's a team that can do it, it's one of those teams where there's a lot of veterans and guys will fill in and they can, you know, they have arguably top two player in the league and, and Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and James Harden. So I think they'll be okay. Do you think it's hard? Because I remember you went, what was it? You, Joe Johnson and, uh, I can't remember the third, but you were kind of put on a team that was considered like a little bit of a super team. Do you think it's hard like for the Lakers and and the Nets to get the chemistry? Is the talent more important or is the chemistry more important? KG, Paul Pierce. Yeah, Yeah, Paul. Yeah. I think it's the chemistry. I think chemistry is everything because you can have all the talent in the world. But if it's not the right mix, if they don't mesh, if they don't, you know, play well together, then it, it makes things tough. And um I think that I like Brooklyn's mix of talent a little bit better than I do LA's. I think it, it goes well together, but also it's hard to tell right now. It's so it's so early with those teams and, and they just got together, especially the Lakers. And I know that once the playoffs hit, you know, those teams, especially LeBron teams, they turn it up a whole nother notch. Yeah. 
that's kind of, I think you got to wait until it gets into the latter part of the season. I mean, it's not even all-star break yet. So a lot of people tend to panic early, especially with these super teams. And so you can't really do that. You just got to let it play out. What are you seeing from another team in the state of California, especially as a former guard yourself? The Warriors have been so mm-hmm. hot. Steph Curry just breaking the all-time three-point record as well. I mean, what yeah. are they doing that's so different from everyone else? They're healthy. <laughs> yeah, good point. They're healthy as well, for the most part. You know, yeah. still waiting on, you know, on Clay, But, you know, Steph's on a, on a mission, it seems like, to prove that he's the best player in the league. And... Rightfully so, because what he's doing out there night in and night out is incredible. You know, Draymond's playing great basketball. But I think the key right now, a big part of the team is Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Very underrated, you know, superstar in this league. And I think he's just now like kind of coming into his own and, and having that confidence. Playing for Steve Kerr does that for you. You know, he just has that ultimate confidence right now. And it's fun to watch. The, the team's just a, a fun team to watch and, and as dangerous as anybody, especially uh, come playoffs. You were kind of sort of the last generation of sort of the way the NBA used to be played. And now it's just everyone shooting up threes. Mm-hmm. Which league do you like better? <laughs> that's a good question. So that's it's tough to say. Um, if I was in my prime during this era right here, I think, I mean, it would be fun. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, these, t- these guys just have the ultimate confidence because there's not really a bad shot, you know. When I was playing, man, you took some of these shots. Jerry Sloan would have your ass on the bench real quick. Yeah. Like, even me, he'd be like, all right, no, you come sit down right here by me for a little bit and we'll see. We'll see how you like taking those shots. <laughs> this is a whole different league and a whole different way of playing. You know, the emphasis is on getting up a lot of shots, a lot of quick shots, a lot of threes. And it just wasn't like that. It was more, you know, get it inside, points in the paint, points in the paint, points in the paint, and then, you know, kick it out and hit some threes here and there. You mentioned LeBron James earlier and just how much he can change the personality of a team. You played with him on Team USA. So be honest, what did you really think of Space Jam 2? I liked it. <laughs> I, like, I liked Space Jam 2. It, it was not Space Jam 1. It wasn't no. as good as Space Jam 1. You know, I have younger younger kids. I have, you know, two boys. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of bringing in today's world, social media, yeah. technology, like it's just a different, it's a different time. And I, I thought they did a good job of bringing that in. And I enjoyed the movie, you know, yeah. I still prefer Space Jam 1. <laughs> okay. He said, all right, you got to watch one or the other. I'm, I'm picking Space Jam 1, but it's also, I also really enjoyed it. My kids enjoyed it and I thought it was a good movie. On that note, just about LeBron, when you were saying about KD, you said he's one of the top two players in the league. I assume you were mm-hmm. saying LeBron's one. And then what are yeah. you seeing from him this season? He's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to put anybody above LeBron. Right. And probably will be until he retires. Yeah. But KD's, he's like a 1B, yeah. you know, and, and on any day is 1A. But yeah, I mean, it's just incredible to see what he's doing at his age. You know, we're the same age. <laughs> I was wow, feeling 67. good, you know, I got, got my weight down for the fight. And yeah. I was taking my trash out the other day and I went to grab the rim and I was impressed because I grabbed the rim. And then I see LeBron, <laughs> you know, double pumping one hand, bringing it under, dunking. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> like I'm proud of myself for grabbing the rim. And this dude's out here getting 30, <laughs> 15 and 12, you know, nightly. And so, you know, it's just amazing to see what, see him playing the way he's playing night in and night out, still leading teams, still the best player in the league. Are you still close with AK-47? You guys still? We talk on, on Instagram. He lives in Russia and, you know, I haven't talked to him like on the phone in a while. 
I need to connect with them. But, I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of the jazz guys, Mehmet Kerr, Boozer, you know, Ronnie Brewer, and so Kyle Korver, uh, my old teammates. Um, but I haven't talked to AK in a while. Just kind of hit him on, on Instagram here and there. Yeah. What was it like playing for Jerry Sloan? I was a big jazz fan during the run with him in Stockton Malone. I think Sloan's one of the most underrated coaches. He's obviously a hard-nosed defense guy. That's the way he played. What was it like playing for him? For sure. I mean, you said it. He's one of those coaches that made you work hard, always had us ready to play, you know, and it, it was fun. I, I definitely enjoyed and I learned a lot playing for Coach Sloan. And, you know, even though it didn't end well between us, you know, he definitely was the best coach that I ever had a chance to play for. Speaking of the way things end, retirement, I, I always wonder how guys decide when to hang it up because you want to go out yeah. on a high, but you also don't want to yeah. be hobbling to the end. And I assume it's kind of a group decision with your family, maybe your agents involved. Walk me through your retirement. What factors were involved? I didn't know if I was going to retire. You know, I honestly, I didn't like, I didn't like how my last season ended, you know, and the way I went out in the series against the Warriors, you know, going two for 13 or whatever I was from the field. But, you know, I, I didn't enjoy my that role. Mm. I didn't have a chance to really grow into that role. It was my first time not being a starter. Wow. You know, it was kind of just like a little five-month stint where I was, I went from, you know, starting, you know, shooting 14, 15 shots a game to coming off the bench and just kind of getting in where I fit in. And mm-hmm. it was a little adjustment and I, I didn't love that role. And so, uh, after the season, I kind of took some time and wasn't sure if I wanted to play anymore. I dealt with a bunch of injuries throughout my my career, especially the last five years where it mentally took its toll on me. And I just wasn't sure that I could make it through a season without getting hurt and then, you know, have to deal with that again. And so as time went on and, you know, I missed basketball, but also was enjoying spending time with my family. Mm-hmm. That time off kind of just extended into a retirement, early retirement. Yeah. Before I knew it, it's been four years and, you know, I definitely miss the game. I miss competing, but it's a lot to take four years off and try to come back and play against these young kids, you know, especially at 37. So yeah, my time is done with basketball. <laughs> you brought up your kids a lot. You're clearly such a proud dad. We had Brandon Jacobs on a former giant on the show. And he said, when he's out with his kids and people come up to him and ask him for a picture, he says, no, I'm not Brandon Jacobs today. Do you ever have to do that? Or have you ever had a unruly fan approach you when you're out with your kids? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it used to happen a lot. And, you know, sometimes I probably didn't handle it the right way, but you know, now it doesn't really happen that much. And so when it does, I'm definitely more obliged to, yeah to do it, you know, cause it's just like a one and done before, you know, when I was playing, it was like, all right, one person comes up pretty soon. It's like 20 yeah, and then you're not, you know, my kids are standing there looking at me, like, I just want to spend time with my dad uh-huh. and he's, you know, they don't understand that this is my job. This is, these are fans, you know, they're four or five, six years old. They just think, Oh, my dad's not paying attention to me. So right. I don't have to deal with that as much anymore. Like I said, so it's, it's, it's not as big a deal and, and they understand. And I think they actually kind of think it's cool now. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to remember when you played, did the refs let guys get away with traveling as much as they do now? Does that frustrate you when you watch it? <laughs> I played basketball. It's my favorite sport and watching, I just lose my mind. I mean, they just, I mean, guys can take like four or five shots. I mean, it's like, it's like rugby now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was as bad, but these, some of these moves that they're doing weren't kind of, these are like new developed moves. You know, you see the James Harden step backs, kind of a new thing. Steph does it a little bit. 
You know, I saw Trey Young the other day. He took like one dribble from half court. He's five, you know, five nine, and <laughs> somehow got to the basket. Took about four steps. They didn't call it. So, I mean, yeah, it's 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 funny sometimes to watch. It's, it's funny to to see on Instagram and and Twitter and stuff like that when they slow them down. But yeah, we definitely weren't getting away with none of that stuff. You think it's good for the game, or is it like a little Harlem Globetrottery? I don't know. I mean, some of them are. It's it's hard. I th- I feel like it's when you see them slow down, it's easy to catch, but I feel like when it's real time, they're hard because they're very subtle, you know? And it's like, sometimes I don't even notice it until it's it slowed down. So, I mean, the rest, as much as I hate them, they have a tough job, you know, they have a really <laughs> tough job out there. Yeah. No, would not want to switch places with them. We've talked a little bit about your run at the Olympics. I'm curious, two gold medals is a lifelong dream for so many athletes in various sports. It seems like the highest mark you can get in your sport but for an NBA player, it seems like all y'all want to do is win it all. Would you trade mm-hmm. one of those or both of those gold medals for an NBA ring? That's tough. I mean, that's a tough, that's tough. Why would you even ask me that? That's kind of me. Because <laughs> we ask the tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I, I wish I had a ring because yeah. I, I don't have one. And that's, you know, something I'm missing from my career. But I don't, I don't think I would trade one of my my gold medals. I mean, they mean, they mean a lot to me. Yeah. Being an Olympian is... is is an incredible honor, you know, just to call yourself an Olympian, but also be able to call yourself a gold medalist and a two-time gold medalist. I think it's a really cool thing and, and it makes me very proud and something I can always be proud of. And so for that, I, I don't think I would ever trade one for a ring. I wish, wish I would have been able to get one in addition. Yeah. You played with Kobe Bryant, obviously. Did you all always get along? He Sometimes he was fiery and, and tough to get along with because he was such a competitor. Yeah, I mean, I never, uh, I mean, of course, there was time times in games where I, I got into it with Kobe, you know, yeah. just because of, you know, I'm a competitor, he's a competitor, but we were always friendly and always, it was always, you know, all love after, after the games or after they beat our ass in a series. Cause I don't, I never won a series against him, Oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely fun to compete against him. One of the greatest competitors that I've ever had a chance to compete against for sure. Can you leave us with a great Kobe story? Was there anything smack talk on the court, something funny at the yeah, Olympics? I, I've, I've told, well, I've told this story before, but I remember, I think it was my rookie year. I think I ran a pick and roll with, I think with the two guard and, and Kobe switched on me and I was, you know, trying to get in my little package and, and go by him. And as soon as I did, he just like jumps, jumps <laughs> up into me and just starts smacking me. I'm talking about just hacking me. Right. And I think I, I got mad, like finally got the ball because, you know, after I gathered it, threw it away, pass, and I, I, I'm complaining to the ref. He's like, come on, you fella, they're not going to call that on me. <laughs> and uh, like, I was so mad, but it's like, yeah, you're right. They're not, yeah. they're not going to. <laughs> I, have no, I haven't earned any respect in this league. He's Kobe Bryant, so I just had to kind of play through it. Well, you were, uh, you were a great player, man. You were, uh, you were a big, strong guard, nice little handle. Do you uh, see any point guards today that remind you of your game or is everyone just finesse and shoot? It's so different because, you know, there's not a lot of post-ups and I posted up a lot, you know, I feel like the guards are more, a lot more athletic than me. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, A lot quicker, but um, it's just a different style of of game. And so it's kind of hard to compare, you know, myself to anybody that's out there right now. Yeah. We're finding out you got to go, man. This was an amazing time. Thanks for coming. It's an honor yeah. to speak to you. Congrats right, on your, your boxing wing. And uh, 
Yeah, sure. good good luck keeping those dudes away from the daughters with that long reach. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Darren, I can't wait to talk to you after your next win in the ring. Something tells me you're not really done. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. That was amazing. All right. Thank you. Peter Andrew, who is sun-kissed from his weekend in Florida, but he's starving because he's now on a juice cleanse to make up for his sins in Florida. Peter, are you with us? Are you are you coherent? If the picks don't hit this week, this is why I just blame the juice cleanse. Anyone who's done a juice cleanse knows that is not for the faint of heart. It uh, It's headache-inducing. You feel weak. You feel pissed off at everyone. And the sight of food makes you uh, just jealous, really, right? Yeah, I am. I feel like I'm on another planet right now, but it's okay. Christmas is almost here. Seven fishes, Italian style. We'll be there soon. Okay, you guys have to walk me through that. What is that? So Italians don't eat meat on Christmas Eve. So we do seven fishes. So whether it's crabs, calamari, we do uh, lobster like Fra Diavolo. So you do seven different unique types of fish, no meat all day. And then Christmas Day is when you go, go nuts with meat. Giannis, what do the Greeks do? The Greeks eat lamb. We eat lamb at every occasion. I mean, <laughs> people say a wolf is the lamb's natural predator, but they are second in line to the Greeks. Greeks are the number one lamb predator <laughs> on the planet. We really threaten their population numbers. <laughs> wow. Let me just say this about a juice cleanse. You also know when someone's on a juice cleanse, they've been a naughty boy. So yes. Peter Andrews on our naughty list. He must have been drinking. Mm. Who knows what he was drinking and eating to get him on that juice cleanse. Yeah. But juice cleanses are always trying to make up for something horrible he did. <laughs> we'll get Steph on the podcast next week and you'll hear I'm in the doghouse. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You're also you're reprimanding yourself for doing something really bad. OK, we'll have to ask Steph about that. OK, let's get to NFL because it is Christmas week. We are loaded up with games. In fact, this past weekend was so bizarre. We had games going until Tuesday. So what are we looking at this week, Peter? You get a pick every week, our three games. Punishment picks. Yeah, you know, it's crazy with all the COVID stuff, but selfishly, it's kind of fun when you have Saturday night football, Sunday football, Monday, Tuesday. So, you know, it's weird, but we're not complaining. So great slate coming into this week. We're starting to really find, you know, those, let's call it nine teams in each conference that are probably vying for the playoff spots. So I've picked it based off that. So first game, Christmas night on the 25th, you have a really interesting one. You have Colts plus one at the Cardinals. So Cardinals one point favorite. Kyler Murray not looking good last couple of mm-hmm. games, especially since coming back from injury. DeAndre Hopkins out for the year. And then obviously you've seen what Jonathan Taylor has done last couple of weeks. Uh, ending the game last week with that 68-yard touchdown run. He is that offense and is that team. So an interesting one here. What do you guys like? I'm surprised that the Colts aren't favorite. That's crazy. They've looked so good. They beat the Patriots. Cardinals just lost to the Lions. And I don't know. I guess you could say, oh, they, they're so embarrassed. They come back swinging. They overcompensate. So maybe that. But I don't know. I think the Colts are just so sneaky. They're like the first team that hard knocks coming to them was a blessing. And we've seen this revitalized team. I, I got to take the Colts. 
I'm going to agree here. I think that Colts is uh, the Colts are a team nobody wants to see. You know, it's like, oh boy, they could beat anybody. So, uh, and for all the reasons you just mentioned, I'm going with the Colts too. Yeah, I think they've played uh, the top two defenses, rush defenses. Mm-hmm. I think in the Bills and the Patriots, and they've essentially Jonathan Taylor's made a mockery of them. I really right. like Colts here too, so I'm with you guys 100%. Next one, so you had Vikings at home playing the Rams. Vikings are plus three, so they are a home dog. Very intriguing win, I guess you can call it, from Monday night against mm-hmm. the Bears, where it was a bit closer probably than they'd like. I know it's a little bit tough playing at Lambeau. So Rams minus three at the Vikings. What do you guys like here? I like the Rams. I feel like they're not out of it quite yet. And I just think they're the better team. I mean, this is tough. Yeah, Vikings have have proven their salt. I want to say their last 10 games have been one score games, which is just wild. They're the heart attack of the NFL. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. I think uh, they're also a team that can upset anybody, can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think this game just goes to them. You know, this is just going to be their week. They play well every week. And uh, let's give it to the Vikings on this one. I've got a smoldering hot take that Olivia is probably not going to like. Oh, Justin Jefferson. Oh, best wide receiver in the NFL. Well, hang the hell on. (laughs) Well, actually, some of the best wide receivers in this game, too. Cooper Cup. I, I don't know. My husband got very mad at me on one of our shows. I said, you know, the Rams have the best. Uh, they have the best wide receiver in the league. And he just shot me a look and he said, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. <laughs> and I said, statistically, Cooper Cup is. And he got very mad at me. <laughs> he kept bringing that one up. But no, I, I think that is a smoldering cold take. <laughs> it's between those three. Yeah, you yeah. got to give him credit. He He definitely he could be. He could be the best. I mean, that you know, Rodgers has a lot of targets and uh, Adams gets so much attention. That's the thing. Yeah. They're starting to put two guys on him now. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is a terrible quarterback because he's not. But I think you put Justin Jefferson with Stafford or with with Rodgers. And right. I think you're going to see as good of, if not better production as Adams and Cup get. So we'll see. We'll wait a couple of years and I'll hopefully get the last laugh. But but it's those yeah. three. And with Dalvin Cook in the backfield to also distract defenses. I mean, he's Fair. so good. Yeah, fair. That's a sizzling um, hot take, baby. That's what we love. Sizzling, sizzling hot That's take. It. Sizzling. I, again, if Justin Jefferson ends up just not panning out after this year, it's it's the juice cleanse. It was yeah. just, <laughs> my mind is all over the place. Last game. So this is a repeat of, of an interesting one from a couple weeks ago. Bills, Patriots. So at Foxborough this time around. Bills are plus two and a half. This is another one that's a weird line to me. So Patriots minus mm-hmm. two and a half at home. What do you guys think here? Bills are looking a little bit better than they were of late. Yeah. Well, at the number, I especially love the Patriots. I think to win by three is easy, but I, I like them on the money line too. I, th- I think it's Patriots to win, and I'm not even second-guessing that. I'm not even looking into it or giving you reasons why. Yeah, I saw some holes in the Patriots uh, last game I watched. Uh, wow. I'm going. I'm going a with scout the scout on our hands. Yeah, I saw some holes. I'm a scout. I'm a scout. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm going with Buffalo, baby. They're putting it together now. They're putting it together. You know, they had a good start. They sagged in the middle. Now they're putting it together for the run. This is a big game. Both teams need this. I think the Bills probably need it more. They're on the cusp of a, of a playoff spot. I think they're in the sixth or the seventh slot. But this one essentially could determine the division. So huge game. And I think this week as a whole is just an incredible slate. So what better way to, to celebrate Christmas and the holidays than with uh, some really good games this weekend? 
I love it. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Can't wait for those. That's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Enjoy eating your lamb and your fish and whatever the hell else you're going to do with your families on Christmas. But it's going to be a good one. A lot of good football to watch, Peter. Thanks so much. Now, we have saved the best for last because I got a little Christmas gift for you, Giannis. I won our pick segment last week, which means it's time for you to pay off our punishment pick and read an embarrassing outro that I wrote for you. Yours truly. That's right. The champ is back on her throne. Call me King Livy. Go ahead. Read what I wrote. King Livy or Queen Livy? Well, you know how like Kylie Jenner calls herself King Kylie? Yes. I was going for that. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. Just read it. Okie dokie. Here you go, King Livy. Uh, It sounds horrible when you say it. Yeah, King Livy. (laughs) Thanks to all of you for listening this year. And a bigger thanks to King Livy for letting me ride her coattails. I've been riding them all year. After I secured John Stamos that one time, my value has really plateaued. Uh, winter contract negotiations for next year. I need to call Stamos and get him back on. But I think our listeners can actually appreciate how I've gotten Miss Decker to loosen up. I think she's actually gotten funnier because of me. We already know how fertile and stunning she is. Wow, that's uncomfortable. But now she's a triple threat. <laughs> Jesus. So I hope you're listening to us still, Mrs. Decker. So you're welcome. I'm on the nice list now. Make sure you listen to our show in the new year, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review so our bosses know you like us and follow us on social media, especially Miss Queen King Livy, Miss Fertile herself. Olivia on Instagram at Olivia Harlan Decker. I mean, guys, she's fertile and loose. Hey, we didn't say that. We did not say that. I added it because you put it in there. I added it. (laughs) Merry Christmas.